Welcome to Live with Don Marie podcast here at Don Marie Healthy and Fit, where we bring you amazing episodes from around the world that will leave you inspired and wanting more. Today's fabulous guest is Dr. D. Simone. She is a PT and a DPT, physical therapist in kinesiology. Not only that, she is a multiple sclerosis warrior. Stay tuned to listen to her amazing life story. Here we go. All right. So welcome to Live with Dawn Marie podcast. And let's get this into you started. I am like beyond thrilled. So let's let everyone else know. I did say that you are a doctor of physical therapy, that you have your DBT, your PT, that you went to school in um, South Florida. Yep. Um, and then you also went to go get your BA at the Atlantic University also Florida. in Florida, yes. So how is it down in Florida right now? Because your governor was amazing and said everybody's free. If you want to wear a mask, you can. If you don't, don't. It, like, hello? Down here, it's, I don't really go out much. So <laughs> I don't see a lot of it, but it's been fine. Mm -hmm. it's, everything, everyone wears their mask yeah. now. Um, even though they don't have to, but yeah, I yeah. kind of feel like it should be the person's personal opinion. To be honest with you, um, if you if you're ill and you are at a weak point in your life and your autoimmune system, correct, then wear yeah. a mask and be comfortable around that. But don't force us to wear a mask because our own human DNA cannot keep breathing our own oxygen. You know, there's so many there's so many different opinions and different scientific data and like it's so new and so unknown at this point that I don't even know what yeah. to believe. It's so hard. It, you know, it's, you know, the news, what do you believe, what do you don't believe, what do you yeah. do, what do you don't do? So I've just taken it into my own personal life and care as yeah. a multiple sclerosis patient. Yeah. And you are a doctor and a multiple sclerosis patient. And we deal with a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. And then you're dealing with people coming in and you are their therapist. So I'm sure you get asked a million questions a day. Should I yeah. wear it? Should I not wear it? How is it gonna affect me? How do I do my therapy? So let's get into that amazing part because when did you decide you wanted to become a doctor of physical therapy? <laughs> <laughs> I did I did a project on um Dr. Daniel Hale Williams. Mm -hmm. He was the first open heart, one of the first African American open heart surgeons. So um I did a project on him where I don't even know how I knew him or how I even got his name, but I wanted to be just like him. And even though I didn't follow the route as a physician, um he kind of set me on this path that way. So, um, yeah, yeah. And then once I was at, um, my undergrad, I got to experience different healthcare careers and it led me down to PT because I wanted more patient interaction. I wanted mm -hmm. to be with, the, I didn't want to just run in the room and give orders and then leave. <laughs> so, 
You know, I have to say, I am so proud that you said that because we didn't pre-discuss any of this. And I love that you just said the words that I speak all the time. When you go into a doctor's office, you don't want the doctor coming in, read her little report, say, here's your prescription, see you later. You yeah. wanted to work one-on-one -on -one with your clients and give them that embrace of love and nurturing them, but in, yeah. in, you know, giving them the freedom to understand their bodies and heal. That's incredible. I yeah. love that you chose that path for those yeah. reasons. Yeah, and it, that's why it's important to like shadow and to get experience into different careers that you might, you know, think is for you. But then once you get into it, you're like, no, this is not for me. Or, wow, I found this other career that I might like instead because mm -hmm. of now all that. So, yeah, I love, I love, that's my favorite part about PT is being with the patients and just hearing other people's stories and learning about them and all of that. And don't you find that patients tell you a lot of information? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty amazing when you think about it. You know, physical therapists could really write their own journals of yeah. a story of how you healed everybody and yeah. what they were like when they came in and what they were like when you were done. It's like it's, the, the magic. A lot of times it's actually them healing me, to be Aww. honest. Like, crazy because I've had patients that actually like touched me so much and I'm just like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Tell me one of those stories. What was oh, the most what was the most interesting story in your life that you're their therapist but you said you were healed? What was that about? I remember someone telling me that all the words I needed to hear at the time, I was just stressing out. I was going through just emotional, mental, like all this stuff at once and she would she just told me like, you know, you know, you're doing great. Um, I, I love this about you. I love that you're doing this, all the motivational things that I needed to hear. And just like, you know what? Like, I just feel like I need to give you a hug right now. Like, Aww. without even knowing anything, just give me like the biggest hug, you know? So. Oh my gosh, I love that. You know, yeah. and that's so important. And part yeah. of the compassionate side of being a doctor. And you know, when you're when you do well and you honor them themselves as a patient, but you get that gratitude back. Yeah. It's like you know you're in the right place at the right time of your life. And it's just it's kismet. It's like I've chosen my path and not only am I healing them, they're healing me. Yeah, exactly. That's how you know you're on the right path. Give me one second, Don. They're calling me up to the front. Sure. <laughs> now go right ahead. You're a doctor on duty today. All right. So while um, Dr. Simone is um, going to answer some of her doc, uh, her patients up front, how about we all talk about a little bit about being your best advocate of your personal life? Today we're talking with Dr. Simone about being a physical therapist, a PT, and working one-on-one -on -one with clients and learning from those clients as well as her healing those clients. Really getting that one-on-one -on -one connection with your doctor is so important in life. 
because you have to become your number one advocate of your personal health. And moving forward, you can talk to, like Dr. Simone said, you can talk to the patients and learn from them. But also, the more that you work with your patients and you work with your doctors, you have to express to your doctors that these are the symptoms and things that are going on with me. And I take it to the next step level. I see them writing and I'm like, I want to see what you wrote. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you're writing about me. Did you actually listen to what I told you? These doctors are like, e okay. I'm like, that's my personal chart and I have the right to see it. So with that being said, Dr. Simone coming back, I was talking about being your best advocate oh, yes. and really getting that one-on-one -on -one connection between your therapist, your doctors, and really having them listen to you. So as you were talking about, your patients teach you, you heal them moving forward. Being your best advocate in anything in your life is the number one priority. It is. It is. Your voice is, and a lot of times we feel like our voice doesn't matter or no one's going to listen to mm -hmm. us, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's not the case. It's not the case. Yeah, you have to make it your priority. And if that yeah. physical therapy isn't working and you're not feeling like it's adjusting right or you're in pain, tell your therapist, right? And I'm sure you have patients that are super quiet and then you have some that are very vocal. So tell yeah. me tell me about the like one patient you know is doing their therapy. How do you help them understand that they really got to communicate with you? So if I know a patient is kind of shy or, you know, she'll push or he will push through pain, um, I'm always checking in on that patient because maybe that's how they were their entire life. I'm going to educate them and teach them, like, listen, mm -hmm. you tell me when it hurts, when it hurts, let me know. But a lot of times I find that they still don't. Um, I'm going to still try my best to educate them and, you know, let them know, let me know because I don't yeah. know. So, um, but I'm always, how's it now? What about this? Or checking in more often than I would somebody else who is going to let me know, like, nope, that hurts. <laughs> so, so just like actively listening, not just because a lot of times it's we we're go, go, go. And yeah, yeah, okay, I heard you. But no, like to actually hear what they're saying. Like today I'm in a lot of pain. Like, my pain is really bad today. Okay, so let's change it up and let's, you know, not do ABCD that we've been doing mm -hmm. according to, you know, what they're saying. They're subjective for me. So it's actively listening, not just, you know, hearing them. I love that you said that. It is actively listening to your yeah. patients. And I feel you're right because I feel like for centuries, actually, Ever since doctors became a doctor, we've always been taught to just listen to the doctor. But sometimes you are on that time crunch and you don't get that one-on-one -on -one with your doctors. And it's how can they read your mind if you're not telling them that it's not working, I'm in pain, 
we need to try to do something better for our lives. Can we please work together? That's yeah. the bond that you need to make with your doctor, just like you would make with your lover, with your husband, with your yeah. boyfriend, with your with anything in life. Yeah, and you always have to check in and say, okay, well, maybe what we're doing isn't working, so let's change it up because I want you like a hamster on a wheel just doing the same thing. Right, right. So I want to know how you handle your own personal days living with multiple sclerosis and you're dealing with either the bear hug, the choking of the neck feeling, the you don't have enough strength to even give someone physical therapy or you have the drop leg and what's going on and how do you focus that energy all day long working on other patients? Yeah, I have to like modify certain things that I do or biggest thing for me is asking for help so I'm very like don't ask don't tell like nobody knows I have MS unless they ask <laughs> which they're going to or unless it comes up in conversation uh -huh. which I just like oh yeah well can't do that because this you know yeah no I'm having you know people this right now my, they're like why oh because I have MS like you know it's like what I didn't know that but um, I, it's well, asking for Yeah, so. and they wouldn't know that because you can't tell any of us have multiple sclerosis because it's in our head, literally. <laughs> but, <laughs> but do you find that when they find out that you have multiple sclerosis and this is your everyday life of giving back and healing that they create a stronger bond with you? Um, yeah, I've had, I've actually told patients before I've even told my coworkers and just because I felt like more comfortable talking to them mm -hmm. or understand, understood, like I know I really understand what you're going through. So I actually treated a doctor and you know, we were talking about this or like, and he would always like when he would see me, he would just like, "Oh yeah, what about this? Or, Do you ever get this?" And you know, and I would talk, and sometimes people would wonder why. And then after a while, they're like, "Oh, okay." So they understood, but it's something that you don't understand unless you're going through it yourself. So, so let's say the phrase, "You don't get it mm -hmm. until you actually get the disease, multiple sclerosis." It's so yeah. true. So, um, yeah, uh, knowing when you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, what was your thirst, first thoughts of moving forward with your career, your mm -hmm. life in general? So my first thought when my neurologist told me, I said, okay. <laughs> because like it was to the point where I already wrote a list of differential diagnoses and I was like, well, it's either Guillain-Barre, ALS, um, MS, it could be, you know, Chiari malformation, it could be, like, I had a whole bunch of things mm -hmm. in my head. So you were um, ready for that diagnosis. You were just yeah. trying to pinpoint yeah. which one it was. It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best either. It was just right there in the middle. But, um, yeah, when he told me, I was just like, okay, so what's next? Okay. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about, um, like, I wouldn't be able to do A, B, and C. I was just like, all right, how am I going to get through this? Like, yeah. what, you know, fight through it. Fight I, through I, I it. 
And I love that. And I love that on your Instagram, it's very subtle, but you're showing us a part of your life that is you're working out. You're a doctor. You're you're healing patients. But yet you live with the chronic pain of multiple sclerosis, which is everything in the world that you can imagine thrown at you in a light switch of a ching or off or I'm going to give it to you full blown today and you're down and out. But the bottom line is, is, and you can correct me if you feel that I'm wrong, but the bottom line is those days, some days I stay in bed because it's that bad. And other days I'm like, get your ass up out of bed, brush your teeth and get moving and tell the disease you're not going to keep me down. And I have to have that talk all the time. Always. And if I don't have the talk with me, I learn to be honest and let my friends know, my closest friends, and they'll they'll knock on my door and say, um, I haven't heard days. Or like my best friend lives in Melbourne, which is like three hours, two hours uh-huh. away. All somebody that lives near me and say, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, you're at breakfast? Okay, can you go to Dara? Can you go to her house right now? Aww. <laughs> I love that you have that support. Yeah. So, you know, you get in those moods where you're just like, I can't people today and it's just exhausting. I just want to be in bed all day. And I, you know, like I just want everyone to know that, yeah, I'm going, I do, I'm just like you. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a flare. Or if you don't have multiple sclerosis and you're dealing with fibromyalgia, uh, yeah. lupus, um, yeah cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all of these things will bring your body down in a collapsing moment. But the power of the mind, Mm -hmm. and you know this because you're a doctor, the power of the mindset is what's going to get you one step closer to getting yourself up out of that bed and deciding this disease is, is not going to control me. I'm going to control it. And the fact that you work in PT every day, you see it constantly. Yeah, and it's it's the motivation itself to be here and to see it every day. And my undergrad in psychology has helped me so much interact with patients mm-hmm. and just people on a daily life. So I love that I had that psychology because it really, psychology of learning, psychology of people and all of that. I love that you have that background and that degree also because you're able to really understand what they're saying to you, not just your patients, but your friends and people around you to analyze. And I know you know the clues on, okay, you're faking this because you can pick up on their mannerisms, how their voice changes and what's going on and you can call it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a great gift from God. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm so great. There's so much to be like thankful for. Like instead of just looking at all the negative negativity and just what would have, should have, could have, all that stuff. It's no, but you have this gift to give and to reach out to all these people. So I like that. I like looking at it that way. Yeah. I. You know. I. I. I I feel the same way. Um, yeah, for years I was haunted and tortured and whatever. I called them my phantoms. That was my, you know, Living with Phantoms, my first book. And then the second book, Finding the Sun Through the Clouds. Because we all have clouds. 
Just doesn't mean that it's multiple sclerosis. Doesn't mean it's any disease. People go through clouds. And those clouds are dark. And it could be someone we're living with and someone that we're trying to nurture. But we're being, our energy is being sucked out from that negativity that is surrounding that person. So you have to put that guard up and stay protected. That's that's the biggest thing I learned this year. So with 2020, exactly. tell me how was it like moving forward and trying to heal all of your patients with COVID? How, what has impacted you? What have you learned? And what do you see for the future? So with, I took, uh, I think it was like four months, four or five months I was off because my job actually told us we could stay home for anyone who had um, any, you know, autoimmune, you know, anyone that was sensitive. So we stayed home. And um, then after a while, I got bored. Like, I need people. <laughs> I need people. I need human contact. <laughs> work and um all the precautions, everything, it was great, it was fine. Just kind of reassuring people, again, that psychology, um, talking to them, making them feel comfortable. Um, whether you think they're, you know, over-exaggerating or not, it's just so they can feel comfortable coming to therapy and, you know, take care of themselves mm-hmm. that staying home. Yeah. Not. But, um, yeah, just being inside has impacted mental people's mental and you know, them being able to come here is helping because it's their social hour. Yeah, and they get to get out, they get therapy, they get to speak, and they get to really walk away feeling healed. And yeah. that's a powerful thing to be able to do. And the fact that you are the one on the other side giving that gift is just incredible. So first, I want to honestly say thank you for choosing your career. Two, thank you for being such a great inspiration and a warrior of multiple sclerosis yourself and bringing the light to the world that your life doesn't end because you got a diagnosis. Oh, not at all. And if we all looked at the diagnosis with how am I going to battle this, and it's not going to take me down, the world would be a much greater place. Instead of the, oh, my God, I've been diagnosed, and the doctor said I've got three weeks, four weeks, or I'm going to end up in a wheelchair. I was paralyzed nine times, and they're like, you're never going to walk again. And I'm like, yes, I will. So when it's that mindset and that change, which is what you're teaching all of your patients, you can do this. Just yeah. try a little bit more. Keep moving forward. That's yeah. a true gift. Don't. Yeah, I always say, if you know, if you don't move it, you lose it, right? But right. Sometimes people, maybe they did too much, or you know, you can always modify something. You know, mm-hmm. walking hurts. Walking, you know, a block hurts. Okay, you know, take a couple steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just don't eliminate it completely because. You don't want to not move. Yes. you got to move something somewhere in your body, your brain, your speech, your eyes. I remember because I'm affected a lot on the right side of my body. 
So I lose vision and then this whole side of my face, and you can see it a lot in a lot of my episodes with podcasting, kind of just kind of goes like uh, sideways, like I'm having a stroke. And then in the middle of it, I'm like literally over here on my podcast table, like pushing the left side of my body, tapping my right, my left leg, shifting my body, like, okay, brain, you're attacking me right now, but I'm going to shut you down by making you forced to go to the other side. Yes. And it's just like the one step at a time. But physically, there are most of us in the world that can't take that step, but you can still help yourself with music and mindset and moving forward by moving your face, by smiling, by moving facial movements or even soft neck movements. If you can't do that, there's something else you can do visually, picture and musically. So do you bring that into your practice, like music or rhythm? Like, do you get some of them like, okay, well, you don't want to do this exercise today. How do you get them moving? Um, I've tried to like use cones and use different things to kind of distract them. Um, <laughs> maybe or something or like, oh, can you pick these up and or go ahead and clean the, <laughs> here's some Windex and clean the window. Wax on, <laughs> wax off, yes. You know, just, yeah, so I try to make it, you know, fun and distraction and, you know, convince them let them know you know what it's for a lot of education really helps too i've noticed that um, sometimes when patients are just doing something just to do it and they don't know why they're doing it it doesn't mean anything to them but to explain and explain it to them but you know not because a lot of times you don't explain it because you're like oh well you know maybe it's just pt jargon or i don't want to like bore you with this stuff but yeah explain it in layman's terms so mm-hmm. that they can understand why they're doing it. And then now they're doing it at home too. And they're adhering to their home exercise program. And, you know, they're getting better because they know why and how it's going to help them. So, yeah, all of that. That's amazing. I love that you just said that. You don't just tell them to do it. You actually explain why they're moving forward, why we're doing this exercise, and yeah. how it's going to help you and how can you do it at home. Yep. Exactly. And I have to say, I've had a lot of, lot of physical therapy over the years. And I got to tell you, there's probably only been two doctors that I really liked that actually understood and explained it to me because, yeah. That's what even my last patient that was just here, you know, just wanted to make sure what she was doing home is fine and safe. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah, just – and. I've, I hear that all the time, that, wow, you're the first one that actually explained that to me. Why didn't anyone tell me this before? Or, you know, I had no idea that's why I would have done it. Like, I thought it was just a waste of time or, you know, but, See, yeah. I love that you do that, but then it's called bring it back to the person. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand, it may not be your doctor's fault or your therapist's fault or your, you know, physical therapy or kinesiologist, it's your fault for not questioning it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So 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 we really need to, I, and I've learned this over the years Mm -hmm. only because of my situation of what I went through for years, not knowing and not being, being misdiagnosed for over 20 something years of my life. 
um, I didn't question. I did not question the situation. I was like, okay, you're telling me I'm stressed. Okay, you're telling me there's nothing wrong with me. Okay, I need a vacation. When I knew there was something wrong with me, and I kept going to the doctors, but I kept hearing the same response over and over. So it's us that has to take care of ourselves first and speak up to our doctors like you. Yeah, and I even get on, like, some of my family members, especially my mom, like, why are you taking this medication? I don't know. They gave it to me. (laughs) Right? I love that you just brought that up. So let's talk about that because let's talk about that. You get on your mom. Why are you on this medication? I don't know. They just gave it to me. Do you know how much that happens in the world today in pharmaceuticals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is scary. My poor mother, literally, your mother, my mother, my mother has heart disease, can, uh, you know, had cancer, sugar diabetes. Those doctors don't talk to each other. Oh, it's so scary. And she has gone through ups and downs, physical therapist, in and out of the hospital, because the medications are not corresponding. Yeah. But... Do I suggest the medical industry find a resource that is in between that connects every doctor together? Yes. Do I suggest the first person that should be connecting all of this together, and you don't have to be a doctor to to do it, is yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Advocate for yourself. Why are you giving me this prescription? Because I'm on this, this, and this. Are they going to interact? What's going to happen? Like you said, I questioned my mother. Like, Mom, why are you on this? Or even the patients sometimes because we I need to look at your med list. So I'm looking at your medication list and I'm asking about your blood pressure or your cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's fine. No, but, I mean, you're on this medication, so it's not fine. Exactly. I love that you just said that. But it's okay. fine. It's not fine. You're on a, a drug that's made to disguise what's going on with you. Let's get to the root of the problem. Exactly. So, you know, especially exercise and therapy. We're not Food. trying we're trying to fix the root of the problem. Yeah. And I love that you just said that. You try to fix the root of the problem, mm-hmm. which is what we all need to do. And it could be pharmaceutical or it could be what you're putting in your body every day. Yeah. Nutrition. Nutrition. All of that exercise like do you do you exercise or do you just go home and watch tv are you eating crap or are you eating healthy you know it's such a combination of so many things just to just to stay on that 50 50 line of i'm as healthy as i'm going to get but i could get better yeah or I'm as healthy as I'm going to get, so I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want because it's my life, but I'm going to get worse. Right? So how do you deal with the patient that is the 50-50 that says, I don't care, I'm here doing my therapy, but I'm going to go home and eat that bag of potato chips, have that fried chicken, and drink soda all day long? That's like a bomb. In the South, um... (laughs) negative reinforcement because for some reason they listen better with negative reinforcement so you know Nancy if you keep 
you know, if you don't do your exercises or if you keep eating this way or if you don't take your medication on time, like you're, you know, like this is what's going to happen and negative reinforcement. Whereas in New York or up north, it's like if you keep exercising, these are the great benefits that you're going to have. This is how your life will be so much better, the quality of life. And so it's more positive reinforcement. So depending on where you are, you kind of have to gear towards how you're going to them and educate them. But yeah, down here, it's do this or... You're not going to get better. <laughs> which, or you're not going to get out of it. You're going to keep, you're going to have to keep using the cane. Remember your grandchild, you said you wanted to be able to pick up. Like, mm -hmm. No, you want to do that. That's your goal. Yeah. So, I love that. And I, it's funny that you said you have to use the negative reinforcement of, hey, I'm calling you out. Yeah. You told me you wanted to be here, here, and here when we first started this physical therapy to get you better. Why are you doing A, B, and C when it's on the no-no list? Yeah, and you kind of have to get at their reason. And, you know, for the grandchild example, like, that's their reason. Mm -hmm. And find what that person's reason is and say, hey, remember, Mason wanted to pick up and you want to be able to hold? Let's do this so we can get there. Yeah, I love that. That is amazing. I love that you, you're using your psychiatry also yeah. in the works of your physical therapy, kinesiology, you know, DPT. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. You are a really well-rounded doctor. Come to California, <laughs> please. <Yeah. laughs> oh, my God. I love that. So if someone today watches this interview and really wants to connect with you on they could be, they could live overseas in Paris right now. They could be anywhere. Are you able to? I know that you can't doctor because it's over the state line or whatever that that life is. But you can mm -hmm. direct them to where they can go and yeah. how they can help themselves. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely direct them to you know who they need to see. Um, you know, some I can give advice, um, but as far as anything else. You know, yeah. just reach out, reach back. That's so. amazing. I love that about you, um, that you're able to do that. Okay, so my writing is, like, really small. I got to put my glasses on. <laughs> Let's see here. All right. What was the most important lesson that you learned in your life before you became a doctor? The most important lessons before I became a doctor. Mm hmm I think um, just support family. I think that's one of the lessons is to not, to don't think that I'm going through this alone, um, this thing called life, because I was even before MS. Um, and they, my family have always been there. So like, that's my biggest support. Like I wouldn't be where I am without them. Mm -hmm. So at times, you know, you get in your head and you're okay. It's just me. I'm alone by my, you know. But no, you're not. The people you have someone. You always have family. So that is my biggest. Those are something that I learned that I always have family, and don't be ashamed to ask for help, and don't be ashamed to reach out for them. So I know after nine years, well, it's like 
like, hello, remember me? Yeah, and I love that you said that because a lot of people that are diagnosed in the world with something that is debilitating, we feel like, okay, we've got our diagnosis, we're trying to get through it, and then sometimes when we ask for help, we feel like we're a burden. But you're not a burden because if you don't accept the help or ask for help, and acknowledge what you truly need in life, it's yeah. not gonna get you to the better place. No. And no. nobody is ever alone, nobody. I mean, you may be living in an apartment on your own or a house on your own or in the forest in a cabin somewhere, but you're never <laughs> alone. Yeah. You truly are not never alone. My always, like the answer will always be no if you don't ask. I love that. Yeah. I ask all the time. I'm constantly yeah. like reaching out and asking and and if I get a no, I'm like, well, why not? Same. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite word is why. Yeah, exactly. Or explain to me why you're saying no. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I've reached all the marks. What's going on? <laughs> so I think the one thing in life that I that I love that everything that you're bringing to the table is you listen you move forward you help and then you're building your own advocacy yeah. for yourself and everybody around you and that is yeah. a true inspiration of life because yeah. you don't put up with the no mm -hmm. and you're not a woe is me no no now, granted, we've all been there at one point in time I, in our life. Like, why me? I can't take this anymore. I've had it. I'm done. I've been there so many times in my life. And then I had an amazing awakening. Yeah. But you learned from it. But I learned from it. And when I came back from that darkest point of my life of a medication I was on that made me suicidal, I tried to take my life. My life was saved because of my husband and an iPhone. And from that moment on, I don't take no for an answer. No, I use my voice to move forward. And if I don't like those answers, and I've had 12 doctors tell me different things, guess what? I'm firing all of you, and I'm gonna find a doctor that is going to listen to me to Fine. get me the correct answer. Uh, there are way too many good doctors out there. Mm -hmm. to, uh, yeah, and I love that you listen to those patients and you're like, mm-hmm, so what about your grandchild? And then I'm sure you have a young patient that's very bitter. Something has happened in life where they've either been injured, car accident, whatever that may be that is now coming to you for physical therapy. That is like my life is over. No, your life is not over. Take the next step. And I love that you're there to like write those little things down and then question them on it. Well, if you're not yeah. doing the therapy, what are we yeah. going to do to get you to the next step? So oh, how yeah. do you deal with that young one? Like, so we talked about the, the older ones and yeah. having to use the cane or the wheelchair, but you're getting, moving them to get out of those. How yeah. do you deal with the next one at this young age of 15, yeah. 20, maybe early 30s? A lot of my young patients are athletes. Um, so whether they 
ride horses or um, they're dancers uh, a lot. I think one of the hardest one is, you know, being, uh, I forgot the name of it, dressage, like those type of patients that ride horses and they, they compete. Yes, yes. So, type of, I love those, like, oh my goodness. It's so inspiring because being in different type of, you can't use your legs, so let's use what you have. Yeah. Let's, what, what do you have left? Okay, well, that, those are going to be the strongest arms you've ever, <laughs> like, had. You built your, your upper, you, bro, you build your upper body. Don't have, we're looking at what you have, and we're, you know, flat, half full. You mm -hmm. know it's empty, but it's there. Yeah. So, Aware. Yeah, the glass is never empty in life. The glass is always half full, and so the, how you view that glass is where your life is going to go. And yeah. speaking about horses, um, I found the best therapy in the world on a horse. Mm -hmm. Hippotherapy. Hippotherapy I, um, is the most amazing thing, and she works with children. Um, Jillian, I'm giving you a shout out. She works with children that are two. To women that are in their 90s and men, she has complete paraplegics on a horse, May and Biscuit, incredible. And these people are thriving. It is the, the hardest. love of a horse. And me, when I first got on the horse, I was just, it was like kismet. I'm like, oh my God, you can feel my soul. Like, you know, I'm in the middle of a tremor right now and we're galloping. But the horse just kept going. Their gait pattern is so, is basically how our gait pattern is. And their yeah. pelvis, move, our pelvis and how our legs move. So it's just the ideal relationship to get on the horse, especially when you're having tremors or when your legs aren't moving. Yeah. Wrong. And it's, I did a lot of um, shadowing before yeah. I got to school. And I used to want to be with kids. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be. Yeah, PT. PT will change me from that. But <laughs> um, I loved going to hippotherapy and uh, getting on the horse. The first day I got on that horse, I could not walk for three days afterwards. Oh, it hurts. Who do these kids do it? Like, <laughs> it, my thighs, I couldn't, like, and I bareback, and oh my goodness, that is a workout. And ever since then, I was just like, I just, I had so much just, oh my gosh, admiration for these children that are on the horror. And they're not afraid. There's no. this massive giant in front of you and underneath you. And, you know, most of the children can't speak or they can't see or they're paralyzed. But, you know, it's the bracing that supports them. And the horses actually know which patient, patient is who. Like I got, I always deal with May, and she is a hoot. She takes, she loves my hats and whatever I've got on. But horse therapy is incredible, and I just think animal therapy. So, have you ever been able to bring animals in to help your patients? I've had patients who've had animal and brought them in. Me personally, I'm afraid of dogs, but I've gotten better. <laughs> I've only had fish grown up. I, was, <laughs> oh, I get really awkward. Like I try to pet the dogs and uh -huh. they just follow me and I'm just like, no, just stay there. They follow you because they know you're a good person. 
and they like you know and they know that i'm scared or i'm kind of timid so like they sit on me or get as close as they can to me and mm -hmm. i'm just like oh. they're like but i love you and i'm a good you know service doggy <laughs> yes. yeah 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 but no we've had patients come in with their service dogs and you know and it's great therapy and we incorporate the dogs. I have one patient who's doing push-ups, and every time she went down, she had to give her dog a kiss and come back up. Oh, we like to incorporate. I that. love that. Yeah. You know, I actually think hopefully you can get this done because I think every physical therapist and PT should have one therapy dog in the studio that can actually work with all of the patients. That would be nice. If the government, hello, whoever's listening, the government needs to pay for this. They need to have service dogs in every physical therapy, kinesiologist, healing unit there is. You train that dog for all of the symptoms, and I'm going to tell you, that animal will change your business and your life. percent, because... Every exam week when I was in school, we would always have the puppies there. Yeah. There. So why not bring it into the, that's a great idea. I think it should be a government, must be, and every, every single place in the United States and world, throughout the world, should have a corporation that trains animals to go work in the physical therapy departments of kinesiology and healing. And then also, it should also be, and I know they can't be in certain parts of the hospitals, but when you go for a walk, it should be puppy playtime. Do you know the healing power that a puppy can give someone that's extremely ill? Yes. Uh, we're laughing babies. Laughing babies. Babies. Oh, babies. Right? A giggling baby can make anybody in the world that is suffering from anything, anxiety, depression, physical yeah. pain, mental pain, whatever it is, a laughing baby will bring a smile to your face. Exactly. My yeah. professor always say, just YouTube laughing babies right before your exam. You'll be fine. Yeah, so. exactly. Or they should have music playing or a video of just faces of babies. Giggling baby therapy. You put someone in a room with a video like that on and then and then animals, their elevation of serotonin is going to go from the bottom to the sky. Actually, yes. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. Oh, God, I got to write up a huge grant to, like, get all of this, like, going yeah. forward. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down because these are some great ideas. It's all on video. It's all here. I can hear it. <laughs> so if you wanted to open your own practice with everything we just talked about, yeah, how would you design that practice that would just be yours? I would have it one-on-one -on -one because... A lot of times we get, I guess, insurance. All these different things come into play, and uh, it would probably be cash based because that's the only reason it would have to be one on one. Mm -hmm. And would be just so I'm with one patient for an hour, and I'm able to treat them for that one hour. 
take care of them. It would definitely be outpatient orthopedic type of um, setting, yeah. but also vestibular, rehab, neurological, and things like that, um, sports. Yeah. I incorporate all of that. I love it all. Um, and it would definitely have like baby and puppies. Yeah, even if it's just videos. Yeah. While you're doing the therapy and they're watching the video, if they're laying down, you know, like when you go to the dentist now, they've got like a screen above you to like keep your mind focused on not getting your teeth drilled. And there's a beautiful painting. What if you lay down doing physical therapy and there's yes. a TV right there of laughing babies. Of TV on this puppies. Yeah, exactly. Horse so. therapy. We got to start thinking outside of this traditional medical box right here. And we got to branch it. We got to like yeah. just, you know, explode yes. it and start thinking outside of how the world is going to move forward to start healing the human soul, body, spirit, and mind. And coming from, you know, what would we want to see in, while we're getting there? Exactly. That needs to be a national poll. Uh, you know, I'm writing to the United States. Uh, I'm writing to the president. I, 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 that's it. It's got to be done. <laughs> it's got to be done. Uh, you're a doctor. I'm a patient. It's just there's so much in the world that we can all learn other than just the Harvard Book of Medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And no, we're moving that. there. We're moving there, but we've got to get there faster. Yeah. Yeah. So, end of the day. So, tell me what you were like as a little girl growing up. I was very quiet, introvert. I didn't speak unless I was spoken to. Wow. <laughs> so quiet. Um, yeah. And my mom always, she would always say, like, I don't even know it because my mom's very outspoken, very opposite of me so she's like I don't know whose kid you are you're so quiet <laughs> so I was very quiet um she even put me into like make me take modeling classes because she's like you need to go and do go out there and talk and just be outgoing and everything but now I've I've always been a little bit of both intro extroverted okay but whenever I'm too extroverted I always need to take a step back and I call it my bird hangover <laughs> like that. Take, take a couple days and then I'll go back you know so oh my gosh I love that yeah, what was yeah. your favorite music growing up in life oh man I like everything I don't even like just one music but I was I loved Beyonce well I mean who doesn't she has the most incredible <laughs> voice in the world Yes, yes. So, like, I just remember her and, like, Sync and Backstreet Boys. Like, those were... So you yeah. like up uplifting music? Yeah, like, fun. Just, yeah, nothing too crazy. Like, I loved Gloria Estefan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so random. I loved, like, Shania Twain. Like, so it's just, like, such a mix of just random things. Yeah. I love that. But music actually builds our soul and our mind. And those memories from a young age really yeah. stick. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it 
literally transforms you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I remember being super young and my brother, he had this huge ED collection and I would, he would know if I touched it. Like, see <laughs> your fingerprint. It's right here. <laughs> that's, sorry, that's funny. My oldest son is like that. Don't go in his room because he's going to know you're in there. Oh, my God. So you used to sneak the albums and play them? Yeah. Yeah, I would sneak his CDs. Like, <laughs> whether it was Aaliyah or, you know, and just try to, like, you know, back then they had the CDs and you could read. Like, you can look at, I guess, the lyrics and everything. Yeah. It's just want to look in the book. Yeah. See what was Who's your favorite <laughs> superhero? Oh my goodness. Okay, so my favorite superhero, I'm a big Marvels fan. Ooh. So I love the MCU, mm -hmm. um, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then I love DC shows. But my favorite superhero, I would have to say, ooh, I'm going to go with Miss Marvel for now. Miss Marvel. Ca you mean Captain Marvel? Yeah. The female, yeah. Yep. She's pretty badass. Yeah, I have to go with her. Yeah. yeah. I've seen that movie like at least 10 times. Yeah, so many times. Yeah, it's such in, it, it, it's so intriguing and I can't wait for another one. And I'm so sad that he passed away, but, you know. I know. Yeah, but um, I loved that she was from our time frame. Yeah. Like the whole science experiment moved her into like this other dimension. But then yeah. she's like, wait, I'm both worlds and I'm gonna conquer and help whoever I can. Empowerment and yeah. I love that moment of that. Great. I over the quarantine I watched all two twenty three in order. Oh my gosh. I watched it all in order and I think it took me maybe a week. I'm not sure. That was some serious bin watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the. I, I love that. I love that. I don't have one particular. I'm gonna use it as therapy. It was therapy. Yeah. yeah. It was therapy. I, you know, I have like, uh, movie superheroes, and then I have normal like life superheroes that I believe are yeah. a superhero. Um, because I believe every single person living today is a superhero in their own right. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Because you have power that is only within you for you to yeah. control and to move forward and inspire in the world. So now, true. as far as like if my favorite superhero. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Uh, movie fabulous superhero would have to be uh, Angelina Jolie. I've always wanted to be Tomb Raider. <laughs> I, I'm an adventurous. I just want to like, just give me whatever gun you got. I'm going. I want to climb a mountain. I want to dig. I want to jump from an airplane. Yeah. You know, and I just want to kick some bad guys ass. <laughs> but in the comic world, Wonder Woman. Oh, I love. I love Wonder I used, Woman. Uh, the Warrior Princess. Yes. I used to watch that. I she was my favorite. Yeah. yeah. So I believe all of these superheroes in life, 
from real life superheroes, from a young child that has been given so many obstacles in life is in the Olympics and proving everybody wrong. From people who have had every ability possible but things wiped out of their path and prove everyone wrong that now I'm going to do this and now I'm going to defeat that. Those are real life superheroes. And we need to acknowledge those in the world and praise them like we do the comic book superheroes. Right. Right? And I believe that we all have within ourselves our own superhero strength. That's so true. Yeah. And it's just opening that door and letting it loose. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Favorite food? Ooh. My favorite food is cheese. Cheese? <laughs> okay. I got to know which cheese because, you know, we're not supposed to have cheese with multiple sclerosis. So, I, <laughs> I know. So, um, I switched to goat cheese. What is your oh, favorite cheese? I like um, sharp cheddar. The What's white it? one? Sharp, yeah. Oh. White. You know, I'm going to admit it, and I'm going to get in trouble, but when there is sharp white cheddar in the room, I eat it. And then sometimes I pay for it the next day. Sometimes I pay for it two days later. It just depends on how it enters my immune system, and as we know, yes. But, you know, there is a give or take in life, living with multiple sclerosis. As you know, you're a doctor, and you know better. (laughs) I love that you admitted that you love cheese. Yeah. Thank you for that. My favorite meal is like salmon. Um, oh, salmon's so good. Sprouts, like honey sriracha roasted Brussels sprouts specifically. Oh. I love that. Yeah, love it. I okay, love- favorite place in the world you've ever traveled and where do you see yourself in 10 years and where is that destination going to be? So my favorite place, um, Greece. That oh. I, I absolutely love it. And before I even left, I was like, I can't wait to come back. Oh, I've never been there. I, I dreamed to be there one day. So beautiful. Um, and the food, right? Didn't you feel amazing after you left? I love Mediterranean food. Oh, my goodness. It's delicious. Everything about it is amazing. Um, but in a few years... I want to do maybe like my own PT, like mobile, maybe mobile PT. Or I like that. Yeah. I, so you're going to become a chef too. You're going to be the mobile PT and the wellness chef. Yeah. Yep. I see um, it. You know, I'm you glad put it out into the world. It's out there. And. Once you release those words out into the world, take a second and just really embrace that because eventually it will come true. Yeah. I like this. We're going to have to follow up. I want to know where you are. I, w- I want to see this mobile PT. Yeah. Traveling the world, you know, you could get one of those giant luxury vans. You know, you can have your bed in there, everything you need, the video on the top. Yes. Sky's the limit. Puppies, puppies, all of it. Uh, All of it. 
That's amazing. I and you know what? You would be the first. Yeah. So you got to claim awesome. claim it today, girl. Write it down, market yeah. it, and make your dream come true. Seriously, yes. the first mobile PT in the world. And it's great, like to write things down and make it to see it, to see it and hear it, and you know. Exactly, and that's what you do with your patients. You're writing it down, they're seeing and feeling it. It's so incredible, the power of the word, but the power of writing it down and visualizing where you're gonna go is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, visual imagery, I believe that's called, yeah. Yeah, it's that's just, it. it's like, wow. You just think the good and you move forward and your life slowly starts to change and you're like, wow, all these amazing things are happening to me. Well, guess yeah. what? It's because you're putting it out there into the, the, yeah. the energy and that's what you're putting out there every day as a doctor of physical therapy. Yeah, like and I said, there are the energy vampires. You know, like get rid of the energy vampires or convert them. <laughs> Put them in. If they're an energy vampire, and I have to explain what an energy vampire is, because this is what I always call people that suck the life out of me. So, <laughs> I, I feel like the people that are around you, if they're always negative, 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 that's what I call an energy vampire. So you can love them, nourish them, and help them try to see your light. But if they're not willing to go there, in order to save yourself, you have to say goodbye to them. Yeah. And as sad as it is, like, I I literally just did that. So it's it's hard, but you have to think about yourself. And, you know, someone that always puts other people before her own, it's, you have to cut it. You, you got to cut it loose. Yeah. You no, got to, no more blood's coming out of this body. No more energy. Yeah. I'm keeping the energy to myself and giving it to the people that want it. Give it back. And give it back to the world. Exactly. So all of you who have energy vampires around you, it's not good for your health. Yeah. Either help them sway to the light and be the positive energy or say, I have to leave you over here with your vampire friends. Yeah. And, and wish them well. <laughs> get rid of them. <laughs> exactly. Love them from afar. I love, I love you from afar, but if you come into my center realm, you better not bring any of that vampiriness with you because I'm keeping the light and I'm going to share it with the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone just said, and lots of vampires right now. So true. <laughs> so true. They're everywhere. And unfortunately, that is because of the world that we are living in today. But I've had so many people that I've been able to talk to and interview through this magical gift of Instagram and podcasting that I took 2020 and I didn't let it destroy me. I continued to build Dom Marie and me and started doing podcasting. Yeah. And I got to meet you. That's exactly. It's and like take a negative situation and make it in, turn it to the positive. Make it positive experience. So yeah. yeah. So that's how we have to look at life and continue to move yeah. forward. So 
What would you like to tell everybody out there today something about yourself that will trigger a response in their own thought process of, I'm not waiting one more minute. I'm going to do it. Okay. Let's see. So something that's motivational to kind of get everyone up and, you know, you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Just remember, like, anyone that you admire, any superhero, whether real or, you know, on TV, movie, they all started somewhere. So be your own superhero and then other people can look up to you and you're their actual superhero. So it's everything that you're going to do is you're doing for yourself. Yes. Don't do anything for anyone else. It's you're your number one person. And when yeah. you shine, the, the other lights will follow with you and yeah. inspire you to continue to shine more. And when you release the negativity, the world is your oyster, your ocean, your breath, your mountains, and yeah. you can conquer all of them. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be losing sunshine all the time. No, hell no. I'm not, my life is not sunshine and whoopoos all the time and, you know, <laughs> things falling from the sky and into my lap. It's hard work. <laughs> You gotta put in the time and the work for that, for things to come alive. It's just the way life is, right? Yeah. And look Sorry. at how many years you had to go to school to become who you are this passionate, gorgeous, powerful doctor that now you're giving back, but you've also been given multiple sclerosis but you're not letting it take you down and i was you're a superhero when i was in school like just the cough up the memory issues the just understanding comprehension all of that was a struggle for me and thinking back it's like wow like you i made it through yeah and i can do it you can too like it was hard you Take things as little steps. Don't look at the end. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I want to be a lead, but it's what do I have to get there right now, like in the next month, in the next two months, instead of just like, oh my gosh, that's nine years later. Like, oh, I'm not, that's, so, yeah, a lot of people look at the end, the long-term goal. Make short-term goals. Short-term goals, I love that. And I love that you brought up that while you were in college, you were experiencing all of the multiple sclerosis symptoms, but you probably didn't even know you had it until later yeah. on. But you didn't went, give up. Yeah, I went to school in Buffalo, which is has literally double the national um, amount. Yeah, of multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and um, it's incredible that the disease is growing as fast as it is, and that we don't have a cure yet. But I pray every day that we will have a cure, but I do pray for everybody in the aspect of you can make your life better yeah. with or without multiple sclerosis, mm -hmm. with or without any disease. Yeah. It's all about the mindset. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what you put in your belly. 
I'm not going to put in, you know, white cheddar Wisconsin cheese every day. (laughs) Think that I'm going to (laughs) be just fabulous all the time. So, (laughs) so we, you know, it's a process. Right. It is a process. And we need a cheat day. I'm going to totally, like, tell on myself again. Sunday, I wanted my thin crust pizza with olives and goat cheese and every salami you could think of. And I was super happy eating it. (laughs) And then the next day, I was like down and out in bed, called my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm not doing so good. It was great going in and now I'm flipping paying for it. And I had to take a three-hour nap yesterday just to, like, recoup and get my body going and then flush it all out of me. So exactly. I always ask, like, how like, how do you not eat, you know, this and that and da da Because I think about all the pain that I've been in when I ate that, and I'd rather not. Right. So, yeah. I love, I'd love a donut or two or three or four, but I mean <laughs> – I might make my own, like, gluten-free, like, healthy version of it. That's my top. Oh, you want to send me that recipe? I, I need to know what that is because I, I grew up on donuts, Dunkin' Donut runs, driving. I'd be working, and I would get a giant coffee, three donuts, pink with sprinkles, by the way, and go off to work and work. And I, I could eat as many M&Ms as you could feed me back then, but... I didn't know I had MS, and I didn't know that was a cause of all of my issues that were getting worse until I got diagnosed, and then I'm like, okay, what do I do now, right? So it's all about life and how you face it, and once you acknowledge the disease and what certain things do to you, then you can continue to choose down the middle, right or left. And we all fall off the little rocker yeah it's human it's human but when you acknowledge god i really do not feel good today and you acknowledge why Mm -hmm. because of what you put in your stomach yeah or it could be the medication you're on 100 question write down log like you do as the doctor you question you write down you log why isn't the rest of the world doing this? We all need to be a doctor for ourselves. We don't have to become a doctor, but you need to doctor yourself to get to the doctor to get help. Yeah, and I learned to make phone notes about everything. Like, my memory isn't the best. I got this, my best friend writes a phone note about everything, and she even brought up to me that, Dara, do you remember in 2017 when you were training for your half marathon, you said, oh, I probably have MS. She wrote that in her phone note. Like, and I was like, wow. Wow. Whatever I guess I was feeling and maybe learning it about MS and about neurological and disorders. And she pre-diagnosed you. And she wrote that down and she knew when I said it and I remembered that I was getting out of my son. Every time I get on, I would get electric shots down my legs. And I thought it was just a final instability or something like that. But yeah, you think you pulled a muscle or something. Yeah. The, yeah, things like that. So I write phone notes about everything and what I ate and, you know, see, oh, I didn't feel good. What did I have? What did I do? 
did I get enough sleep or, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That. Yeah. And not only that, but living with multiple sclerosis, we don't sleep through the night ever as like the normal, excuse me, the normal person. Um, I don't know why I hate it. It drives me insane, but I had to learn, sorry, to take naps. I, I nap every day. I love I, naps. I, I have to. At first I used to think that's for old people. No, it's for everybody. Yes. You've it's got to shut the brain down and take a nap. And don't take a nap in your bed the way you sleep, which mm -hmm. is also some a lot of research I've been doing. Nap the opposite way if you're going to go nap in your room. So instead of napping at the headboard to the feet, nap uh -huh. from the side of the bed this way because then your brain is like, this is nap time. Ah, okay, I'm going to try that. Right? And it works. I fall asleep sometimes for three hours, like in a deep sleep. Okay, wow. Okay, so then if you're not able to nap in your bedroom or whatever, nap in a napping zone. So your body creates that pattern of memory and healing. This is my napping zone. Mm, okay. And take that special break. It could be 20 minutes, an hour, three hours. It just depends. Your body will put you into that nap and let your body repair and get ready for the next things you're going to do. Whether it's preparing for dinner or going out to dinner or celebrating or whatever you're doing or studying, naps are extremely important. And they also bring down your cholesterol. They bring down your stress. And they set a new reinforcement pattern for the nighttime sleep. But we're, we're not taught this. I had to do all that research myself. Uh, yeah. And isn't that crazy? Like, mm -hmm. I, I go on social media, I scroll, and I go over something like, huh, that's interesting. And then I will go Google Scholar or whatever and research and end up in the hole and just learn. It's so, I love it. It's like the nerd and kind of fun. Right? It's exciting to get new information. And I don't watch TV. I watch TV at nighttime with my husband. And, you know, it's like a Netflix original or something like that. Something that's like we're going to learn from. But most of the time, I'm on my computer researching. Yeah. Or that's reading. Yeah. Or I love going to cafes. I don't know if you do this or anyone else out there with multiple sclerosis. Well, I know, well, you should still go to a cafe today and just put a mask on. But when you go into a cafe and you sit and you analyze people, what's their demeanor? What's going on? Are they moving slowly? And before you leave that cafe, pick somebody and walk up to them and just say, hi. And say your name. Mm -hmm. And I noticed something about you that really intrigued me. Would you mind talking to me? Do you know those conversations spike into either friendships or it was meant to be at the exact time in life because that person needed you or you needed something that person was going to teach you? Yeah. yeah. Human like, connection. like that. like it because I like going out and just meeting people and as much as I am an introvert, I like to, you know – talk to just random strangers mm -hmm. in cafe. I've befriended people that I'm still in contact till right? today. Things like that. Yeah. 
It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we're not meant to be kept in a solitary life. We're meant to live and to honor our life and build trust and connect with everybody you can. And I read something the other day that was on a post, and it was the most powerful thing I have heard in a very long time. If you're looking down on somebody, it better be with your hand out to pick them up. Yeah. Same yeah. thing as a cafe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, fix another people's crowns, all of those type of... Yeah, um, yeah. and women, we're the worst. I'm sorry, but we're gonna. I'm just going to call it out as it is because I call a lot of things out when I do my lives. Mm-hmm. Women, stop being jealous. Yeah. Pick each other up. Praise them. And love yourself. Yeah. For who you are, the body you're in, and what is going on. Yeah. It's... You know, like the absence of your, the absence of your beauty doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of women feel so inferior to other women and it's not. No. It shouldn't be. It, it like, shouldn't be. It never should have been. And it should not continue. It should be love and praise and pick each other up every single day. Yeah. Never look down on a person unless that person is on the ground and you are extending your hand to pick them up. Yeah. It's a powerful uh, thing. So, what else would you like to share with everybody before we end our podcast of, you're going to start this amazing mobile. Of course. Moving forward, PT, doctor. Yep. Um, I love the baby concept of laughing babies while they're doing therapy on a TV above your head or in front of you where we can see it, puppies, all of that, incredible. Where, where are we going next? You know, just educating as much, and that's something that, like, I think needs to be for healthcare, for PT, for, you know, MS, just educating as much as possible and to be patient with your friends and loved ones too, because a lot of times I get so frustrated with mine. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I want to get frustrated, but it's like, okay, no, we got to teach. We got to, you know, inspire, learn. teach, learn, spread all as much as you can information, never be ashamed or never, you know, feel like you can't, you know, open up or just, yeah. Be you. Go ahead. Speak your truth. So. Speak your truth. So be you. Speak your truth. Be your best advocate of your life. Empower each other. And the only time that you look down on someone is to give them a helping hand and pick them up. Yep. Exactly. And with all of that being said, it doesn't matter what is thrown at us in life. You can make a difference. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think I could, but I, I, one day before quarantine, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to start it and I'll reach out to as many people as I can. Even if it's two, five people, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So everyone listening right now, you can, I put it in the podcast notes and also on the IG page. Um, You can listen to this episode over and over again on Spotify, Live with Domery, or on Apple, um, Live with Domery. And if you want to watch the actual full episode, it will stay on my front page for one day and then moved over to my IGTV. You can download it, forward it to anybody, and then you can also start following Dr. Simone. So it is Dr. D. Simone on Instagram. And do you have a website? I do not have a website. Okay. So definitely just message me. Okay. Another thing. Let's keep that into this thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, someone just asked, I didn't know you had a podcast. Yes. So everything that we do here live with Domery live um, is recorded onto my computer as we're talking. Um, and it goes straight to Spotify and straight to Apple Podcasts. And you can download both and listen to me constantly while you're in the car. And we are in season two right now. And you are episode 16. 16. Episode 16, season two, um, because there's some amazing information in this podcast that you may not have picked up on watching it, but listening to it is incredible. So, Dr. Simone, I am so honored. I'm sorry, what did you say? Your podcast, I'm driving to work sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there's some amazing episodes on there, and um, it's incredible. I love listening to podcasts and um, any podcast. I mean, there's just so many to listen to out there. But yes, so this episode will be season two, episode 16 on Spotify and Apple. And if you want to go straight to my link tree, just go into my link tree in my bio and you can go straight to Spotify and hit follow or you can go straight to Apple and hit follow from there too. But Dr. Simone, I'm excited because I cannot wait to call me and tell me Guess what? I got the PT on the road. <laughs> yes. That will yep. be amazing. Oh, Thank yeah. you so much for honoring me today and coming on, sharing your multiple sclerosis story, sharing your story going through college that you were having symptoms you had no idea, but you never gave up. You became yeah. a fabulous doctor, a PT. You're, you have your degree in psychology. It's, you, are, you are a hero. You, you are a true living hero, multiple sclerosis warrior, and a fabulous doctor. And I am honored that you graced my time today coming on to Live with Domery. Thank you so much for having me. And I love your inspiration every single day. It's Aww. just your, your words are just so lifting. Thank you. They're uplifting because I learn from everybody else out here in this fabulous world of Instagram. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am going to book you for the month of January because I can't wait for the new year's going to come. I want to know what's going on. Good. Yes. All right. Have a fabulous day. Thank you so much for taking time out away from your patients. Please give them my love and hugs. And 
I look forward to seeing your inspiration on your Instagram every single day. Thank you. Have a good night, God. Thank you. Good night. Bye, everybody. If you love this episode with Dr. D. Simone today, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and follow us on both Apple and Spotify Live with Domery. And continue to listen for every week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, for amazing episodes from around the world that will continue to inspire you and want you coming back for more.